I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The Match Ball. The show is brought to you by Levi Solicitors. You can get that 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Hello, I'm Dan Moylan. With me, Michael Normanson. Hello. And Moscow White's Daniel Chapman. Hello. Frustrating, that wasn't it? Ah, fuck off. Not fair. Football's not fair, is it? It felt like um, we were back in the championship having loads of chances and failing to score. And playing Wolves. Yeah. Everything, it looked championshipy. Just being back at Molyneux and... Seeing the way the camera was in a... Did you not see the light show before before the game? That's not championship. Eh? I think they did that in the championship, you know. Oh, that's just Tim Pot doing it. In the and that was a long time ago as well. And it didn't look any more full than it used to when we played them in that division. But but they um they beat us 4-1 or something in the championship, didn't they? I remember uh, didn't Saez set up Alioski for a great goal or vice versa. So at least it wasn't that bad. Are we blaming the new Nike ball on that goal, the, the defeat tonight on the ball. Um, why? Well, it just flew in a really annoying way that bounced off the, the crossbar or post, whatever it was, and hit Melier. It's yeah. technically the same ball with different pictures on it. Well, the those could cha- change the aerodynamics, uh, yeah. couldn't they? I Heavy, could tell. Heavier pictures on these ones. <laughs> I could tell the, the way the flight of the ball it moved. It very much looked like that. Yeah, it was really frustrating, wasn't it? We didn't deserve that, it didn't feel like. It was a, it was a bit Premier league in that kind of... Not great, two teams quite closely matched. Nobody, we just said it yeah. was a bit championshipy. Now it's a bit mm. Premier League-y. What it was, saying? Uh, it was a bit championshipy in the sense that we didn't convert chances that we had. But Is it pre- the leagues within leagues? But Premier League-y in the sense that it was a bit not exciting. I, I thought it was a bit League One-y, chances from set pieces. Oh, you think? <laughs> if we're going, to, if we're going to keep going down, it was very. It wasn't very Leedsy though. Is the one thing I would say because our chances came from set pieces and we didn't. We didn't actually play that well, even though we had a lot of chances and better chances than them. It felt like we we didn't carve them open in the way that we come to expect us to do. And somehow we've, I think it's because Rafinha's good at taking them, we've become quite dangerous from set pieces. We had some of the same stuff from Arsenal that Pascal Stroik and then Pat Bamford as well have been talking about, that we lacked energy in the first half against Arsenal, that we were doing the right things, but doing them a bit too slowly. And it felt a bit like that because I remember the, I first thought about at the Emirates was that in the first five minutes we'd barely been in their half and in the first ten minutes in this game we'd barely been in their half. Yeah, the XG tells a tale of this game, doesn't it? Wolves with 0.89 and Leeds with 2.58. Although it tells a tale that contradicts what we were just saying because we were just saying that we kind of struggled to carve them open and didn't really make any chances but then there's an XG that says we made lots of chances but we did, all, they were all, all just Liam, Liam Cooper's Cooper. headers. Yeah. Yeah, he he outscored them in terms of XG, didn't he? That's a, that was a sh- just a real shame that either he couldn't get that in or Costa, because we were joking, weren't we? Um, watching that, saying, "Oh, this is set up for Costa to uh, to score an equaliser." And just after we said that, it fell to him when I fully expected it not to. If he could have kicked it fucking hard, it would have scored. 
but he tried to side foot it, didn't he? I, I don't think any of us really thought he'd score did we? when it came to him. I know, which I know is harsh because he did score last week. And I don't know that he did anything particularly dreadful. He's tried to place it into the corner in a, a snap moment. It's one of it's not like a chance where you watch a cross coming in slowly onto your foot and can choose where you're going to put it. It was a mistake that suddenly drops to him and he's got to decide what to do. And it wasn't the worst decision in the world to say, right, I will try and put it in that corner and as quickly as I can so there's not the time to get much backlift or any of that stuff. So You just put your foot through it. It's what Michael always says in his coaching, isn't it? Kick it hard towards the goal. He tried to do that and it didn't work. Cooper's in for the one, one-to-one session this week. I remember when Cooper used to always head it over the bar, didn't you, from set pieces? So he has improved. He's getting them on target. <laughs> They're under the bar now. They're all directly at the goalkeeper now, which is a bit of an issue. It's sort of taking it back um, a long way, but uh, Lee Chapman would have scored Costa's chance and Chris Fairclough would have got a hat-trick. It's kind of, you just, it's not what they're, they're better at doing those things than the players we've got are at doing them tonight. Liam Cooper's not, you know, renowned for heading in corners. Otherwise, we'd be a very different team. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just <laughs> annoying. It's just annoying because it's, it's such a simple thing, especially when they scored straight afterwards. It's not like Liam Cooper headed the ball badly. And it's the same with Costa. It's not like it was a terrible effort. It's just... You know, if the keeper had dived, if the keeper had gone one way and not the other, and then, you know, Triori didn't deserve a goal because he fucking missed. And yet they score from it. I mean, yeah, Liam they- Cooper heads the ball on target, which is what you always say. All you've got to do is get the ball on target, make, make the, the goalkeeper work. work. It's exactly what he did. So you can't really criticise him too much because he didn't put it precisely in the corner. But fucking Triori fucking missed. So yeah. I was, it shouldn't getting, be allowed. I'm, I'm getting annoyed because of the commentators are saying he deserves all the credit. That should be chalked up to his name. Didn't. Like, no, Luke Ayling and yeah. Pascal Struggle let him stride past them, which is perhaps another issue before it even gets to Wayne that they basically just stood and watched him walk in off the wing and shoot because he's not very fast. <laughs> had, Ilya, very fast. had Ilya Melier not even been in that goal, if he was sat down behind the goal with his legs crossed, it wouldn't have gone in, so Traore deserves zero credit. Bailey Peacock Farrell would not have conceded that goal because he wouldn't have started <laughs> diving until long after the ball had rebounded and was rolling out the other side of the penalty yes, area. Very good, Chapman. Um, There's let, some truth in that, though, because it is, it's, you know, Melier, he, he was great tonight. Some saves keeping us in the game in the first half, um, at least one of which was absolutely brilliant. And he was closer to Traore's shot than Ailing and Stroik were to Traore's run and the thanks he gets is the ball hitting his head and going in. Melee does need some credit actually because some of the saves he did he, there was a really good one where he tipped it over the bar but then there were two one was Semedo when he got he got played on the left hand side and the other one was Semedo. We had the both Semedo. We had um Karen Carney actually on the uh, the commentary and she said that it was a good height for him but it was a good height for him because he continued to stand up and made them choose where to put it which Oh, it's quite easy for a keeper at that point to sort of just dive at the player and go low and let them give him a chance to put it round him or over the top of him or something. He just stood up and did some good goalkeeping. Mind you, she also used the phrase more better at one point. So, I mean, not mind you, we can't, can we? We're not allowed to say well, We anything. don't need to. No, we don't. No, no, that's We'll leave that to Leeds United Football Club to do that sort of thing, shall we? No, I am just joking, just poking fun. Um, interesting to see how we, um, how we set up tonight um, with that sort of... Uh, square pegs in square holes approach, which seemed to work better than putting loads of people out of position. Do you think Marcelo Bielsa? Do you think he listened? I mean, I don't know. It, it still didn't work brilliantly, did it? It worked so much better with Calvin Phillips there. 
that's the thing. I, th- I think he was an improvement, but they're a, they're a quite a different proposition of Wolves, aren't they? They, mm-hmm. do, they didn't do the pressing in the same way as Arsenal. So they did. If Strike had been playing in that position today, he would have probably found the job a lot easier than he did against Arsenal. So it's it's probably hard to compare. And we did still struggle. Like Neto, it seemed was causing a lot of problems because he was playing on the right hand side, I think, or was it the left? I can't bloody remember. On the right hand side, I think. Mm. And he was, but he was mainly just drifting in. He was, seemed to be pretty much in the centre for most of the first half. And running from deep. Yeah, and that did cause us a lot of problems. He was having a lot of shots from range and playing, it was him playing Semedo in as well. So there were still problems in that area. Annoyingly about Neto, I can't have been the only person who was thinking about the supermarket. Every time he was mentioned, the supermarket, you know, the dog, the logo with the shopping basket in its mouth mm-hmm. just kept popping into my head, which was a little bit distracting. He needs to be transferred to Huddersfield Town and then everything will sort of be, it'll be like perfect cosmic alignment. Mm. Well, their badge um, rebrand was made to look like Neto, wasn't it? Exactly. So that's why he should be there and then they can wear yellow and black shirts. Phillips not being there, he was there in the first game and we lost 1-0 and he wasn't there tonight and we didn't have anybody in that position tonight and we lost 1-0. But They've changed a bit. They had a, they were five in midfield at Elland Road because their striker had his skull smashed. So he couldn't play. And and so they, they played with kind of two wideish strikers. It wasn't really a front two, um, but there was a job for Calvin to kind of do in the middle. But with them being 3-4-3, three, three, now they've signed that non-scoring fellow from Real Sociedad, who's a combinator. He's, he's like... Um, it's like they were trying to get the spirit of Chelsea because they've signed Willian Jose. So it's like trying to get Jose Mourinho and Willian back together. I don't know if they, they were even together at, <laughs> at Chelsea, but it seemed like hey, a... Great joke. Love like if somebody... Del- love the delivery. Like if a kid was trying to put together like their dream footballer. <laughs> oh, I'm going to call him Willian Jose because they're my favourites. Um, anyway, they've put him up front and he looks fairly useless, but it does mean there isn't anybody kind of running out of midfield um, centrally that Calvin Phillips would normally... Worry about, so it was a, a good opportunity to do Click and Shackleton in midfield, pushing forward. It was kind of centre midfielders against centre midfielders. Yeah, we, we didn't really play. There's a point I was getting at. We didn't really play with the defensive mid, holding no, midfielder. There was it? nobody there. Well, there was nobody there, but then there was also, it, it looked like it was kind of everybody's job to drop back at some points. I saw Rafinha popping up there, but it was more to collect the ball, the what we were looking for, which is what um, Wolves did and ended up winning the game for it, is their wingers running in from the sides of the pitch into the middle of the pitch. And then it's all about um, the foot. It's down to the fullbacks and the centre-backs to deal with that. And there wouldn't really be necessarily anything for Calvin Phillips to do in that situation apart from stand and watch. So from that point of view, I'm not sure um, what Phillips would have done if he'd played, kind of stand about, watch, not get involved. You know what it's like, a bit poor. Score a goal. Um, but also he, he may have been, um, he could have made a difference. But um, Shackleton in there nothing wrong with him no problems other thing I meant to mention when we were talking about Melier actually I noted this down during the game that he was um, kicking the ball longer that he wasn't trying to force it too much at the back well we didn't have a Calvin there to take it off him apart from when yeah. players were dropping deep into that I mean you never you know under BLC you kind of you would become accustomed to not seeing it booted up the field but it was actually it was quite refreshing in a way wasn't it just to just to take not take those risks at we times. had a good chance from it just before half time that reminded me of Wilkinson's leads where you I think it was Rafinha got on it and it was like when Lukic used to bang it long um, and Strachan would get on it and make a chance for Chapman it was that happening Again, it was it was the one that ended up with Stuart Dallas. It can't have been Rafinha getting on it, but it was Stuart Dallas rolled the ball just too far for Rafinha. And um, I keep picturing it in my mind because I think 
I've seen it happen to Nigel Martin, but it's Lukic that I vividly remember having the ball bang off the back of his head off the crossbar. Um, and now Melier's having to go through. It happens to them all. Well, I said we can't be the only people who kind of went, oh, fuck off at that when that went <laughs> well, in. it's not fair, is it? No. No, it shouldn't count. It, well, it does, but... It's a draw, isn't it? We'll, we'll write to the Premier League or something and get this one. The reason, as I was saying before, he missed is, and I'm sure I've mentioned this on the podcast before, Jack Charlton, I was watching him commentating on England versus Scotland. Joe Jordan heads it against the top of the crossbar for Scotland and it goes over and the commentator, I think it might be Brian Moore, says that was very close and Jack Charlton points out it wasn't, he missed it by a foot because it hit the top of the bar. It needed to be a foot lower and a foot is a long way. It's 12 inches, 30 centimetres. How thick were crossbars in those days? Are you going to argue with Jack Charlton about the dimensions of the goalposts? No. He's a qualified coach. Um, is manager of Ireland and Middlesbrough and Sheffield Wednesday and others. But he missed, so I'm angry and upset. What um, What were your thoughts on the shape of the first half in, in general? It's quite evenly matched, I thought. It was a slow start, as I was saying, but also there was that chance for Pat Bamford when Tyler Roberts slipped him in in the first five minutes that made you think, this is going to be a really good game if Tyler Roberts keeps feeding Pat um, chances. And Bamford tried to take it on his right foot from a narrow angle, which are the, the two big things counting against him. He doesn't need any of that. He should have um, maybe pulled back, especially in the fourth minute of the game. You've got time to maybe think, I'll stop on the ball here and pull it back for a teammate. But he had a goal and um, I think it was he forced a save, so it wasn't too terrible. But um, that then didn't seem to happen again for another 20 minutes. Tyler Roberts was you know, lively enough throughout, arguably. He runs about a lot more than Rodrigo. Um, isn't always effective, but I think his enth- it's not enthusiasm and it's not just running about. He He's there. He does stuff. He does things. He's active. Um, whereas I think Rodrigo sometimes has been a bit of a, um, a passenger. You don't notice him very much, whereas Tyler's always trying things. And I liked him tonight. Yeah, he was all right. I was going to ask about your, your thoughts on him generally tonight, as his, what was his performance was like. I think Moscow summed him up quite well. He's very busy, not always in a productive way or a particularly good way. But overall, I thought he was fine. I, th- I, I think he's, I kind of prefer him coming off the bench, probably, just because he seems to give a bit more spark. And I think he he probably doesn't have the class or the quality of someone like Rodrigo. So doesn't maybe see the passes quite as well and won't take his chances quite as well. But he's he's quite good to bring on and maybe inject a bit of energy and pace into stuff. He's fine, isn't he? We've said before that his lack of like a consistent run of games has held him back in the championship and it certainly has it in the, the Premier League. He's not got the experience of Rodrigo or the know-how to, to know exactly what to do in any given situation and yet he can still pull off those beautiful balls to um, to Bamford in the first half and then the one that Bamford put in, the equaliser, if it were not for his kneecap, was also a great uh, through ball from Tyler Roberts. So there's two good chances he's created for Pat Bamford. When did Rodrigo last create a chance for him? Did nothing at the Emirates, did he? Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Did we all know that that Bamford chance was offside? I, I always felt it was going to be offside. It looked it, didn't it, to the naked eye, but actually closer when you had a look at VAR. Well, we're all watching it together and none of us celebrated, not even slightly. We all just went, no, it's offside. You could tell the players as well. They instantly turned around to the the assistant referee, who um, I think he was after Luke Ayling had. Um, and we only have, um, I think it was Graham Smith's tweet for this that he shouted, "That thing in your hand, fucking use it." When they they played on for a long time, when so it was talking um, about the flag, not the penis. Yes, um, when it was um, Leeds offside for that one, and they made us play on, even though we all knew it was going to stop. And Ayling just said. Fucking put your flag up. There then. is a legitimate question as to we said it, didn't we? When does that phase of play end? Never. Aren't you what if the ball to, never goes out of play? Because you're supposed to put your flag up at some point. So what if it carries on for a couple of minutes and then you 20. put your flag up? <laughs> Forgets full time. It was very close though, actually. In the end, when when they drew, it seems to me that the to the naked eye it looked offside, and then they stopped it and drew lines on it. And then I thought, oh, he's onside. And then they went, oh, then they put another line on, and he was offside again. And I was like, oh, I don't fucking know. And that <laughs> suggests that suggests to me that you could have just gone with the on-field decision and then not worry about it because every, what every player and all the uh, officials thought first turned out to be right. So you didn't need to do all that messing about drawing lines on it. You could just gone, gone with that. But there was no initial decision, was there? Because they didn't give him offside. But I think that if you just if you didn't have VAR, the, they'd put the, the flag up. The one where he banged it in the top corner, they did. Hmm. Yeah, but if the linesman was doing it in the same way as he would have done that yeah. game a couple of years ago. He would, put, he would have put his flag up. Well, he did because he banged the ball in the top corner. So he put his flag up and said, that's offside. And then VAR checked it and said, yes, he's right. But you could have just gone with the linesman and said, Absolutely. oh, right, yeah, yes, yeah. and never go through yeah, yeah. all that. Because, it's, it's, it's that confusing. Because everybody was absolutely <laughs> fine with it. And then I was saying, we were talking about how to solve VAR and the only solution I could come up with is to ban television cameras from football grounds so that you don't get these endless replays well we need we need to go back and look at that to the, the nth degree just go with it it's fine everybody said it was offside move on and they'll get it wrong occasionally and we'll we'll whinge about it but we don't need a replay of it ban replays maybe that, we can still watch the game then but it's a little less draconian than my first thought we'll get on to some individual performances um in a second but probably worth mentioning that cost a chance when we have touched on it in the uh, in the first half there but uh, what a moment it was it was his moment that one and it came to nothing. It's heartbreaking for the boy, wasn't it? Heartbreaking. Ah, just be a bit better. That's the story of Helder Costa's Leeds career, I think, is that he just, it feels like he always just needs to be a bit better, which is harsh on him, maybe. I don't know. Or maybe it's not harsh. Maybe it's not harsh enough. Maybe oh, it needs, that, maybe that, needs to be a lot fucking better. That's the nature of the game, isn't it? Rafinha's better than most of our players, and the aim is to sign players who are better than the ones we've got now, and 
we obviously cling on to the promotion team with ridiculous sentimental hearts, don't we? But I don't know if anybody feels that was, way about Helder Costa. I was going to say, potentially with the exception <laughs> of Helder Costa, weirdly enough. No, but Helder Costa, as part of that squad, I want, I want to like him. Yeah. I, and I want, but I just, I, I'm like you, I will him to just be that little tiny bit better. I have a lot of warmth in my heart for Helder Costa, and he was part of the promotion team, and he contributed. He scored goals, and he got assists, and he was a good player. And But I felt it when you said then that that was his moment, and I feel like Helder Costa just never gets his moment. He doesn't, he doesn't do moments he scored in the first it was Fulham and then he got another one after that didn't he so he and scored um at the Emirates but those aren't moments when it drops to him against his former club in the 95th minute to to equalize and shove their time wasting right up their asses it's the it's there it is his moment but it's some something about and I've said before about his kind of um his body language where he he seems to get so disappointed when something goes wrong that he never recovers. Like if he misses a chance in the first 10 minutes, he's kind of, he's gone then for the rest of the game. He doesn't bring it up. And that, it, it was kind of one of those as well, where this could be the one you want to see Helder Costa running away, rip his shirt off, do a full Pablo at Swansea, go and swing it around Nuno Santos's head, push him over. <laughs> but instead, it's just, it's a, it's a fairly good effort that's not good enough. And instead of getting that beautiful moment, he gets kind of, oh, well, tea lady was nice, was pleased to see me. You know, saw the, saw the old physio, saw the lads. Time you know, wasting, time wasting, home. time wasting. There's a good point you make. That I'm was time wasting now. Just string it out. See if I can just take the conversation into the corner and keep it there. It was Even bit, though there's 15 minutes left. It was a bit frustrating, wasn't it? Them, them attempting to, as the phrase goes, uh, shorten the game. They weren't attempting it. They were very successful. And the ref appeared to just let them. Every single thing they did. They took fucking ages over, and it, he didn't get around to actually booking anyone for it until what the nine, was it ninety third minute when there was that ridiculous squealing yes, going on in the it's corner, like squeaking at Stuart Lallis for standing too close at a corner, but for not standing too close, very clearly standing ten yards away as he should have done because Stuart Dallas knows that if he was closer, he would have had a point, and the ref could have and he could have legitimately delayed it, but he wasn't. He was stood the correct distance away, and they were moaning like fuck about it, and the referee <laughs> should have kicked him in the bollocks as well as booking him. Wolves are like that though; they've got this reputation because they've got. Traore and they had Yotta and uh, Jimenez is a good striker and Neto shoots a lot, all this kind of stuff, um, that they're an exciting attacking team. They're a, they're a counter-attacking team. They're dour as fuck. And no, they, do you know what's the word? I was just thinking in my head, dour, yeah. And they did this to us at uh, Elland Road where they'd scored and then it was just grind, grind, grind. And as soon as they scored tonight, they just went straight into that mode. And they are, um, their, their defensive record has been superb for the last two seasons amongst the best in the Premier League because they fucking do that. They've got players, you know, to their credit, you know, Troy Ray is a good player and he's explosive and he'll run it off, off the wing and he'll smack a ball a foot wide and get a goal for it and that's fine. But then the rest of them, just real horrible, fucking boring <laughs> It just felt like... Were, bastards. It, it did feel like the last 15 minutes of the game, there was basically no football played. The one it, was, that, it was more or less just constant substitutions and... It's like bloody rugby union, wasn't people it? People taking throw-ins was what the last bit of it was. And it's like, fucking hell. The one that had you punching the table when Connor Cody blocked the ball with his face and then went down as if he now had a fractured skull because, you know, one of them's had it, so they all want it. And then the referee stops <laughs> and lets him have some treatment and that takes some time. And then he takes his... 
he does he pretends he doesn't know he has to walk off. It's like, oh, it's a head injury. I don't have to go off to her. No, you do. And then my once, brain, I'm, I'm confused. And then once he goes off, then it's like, oh, actually, ref wolves want to make a substitution. It's like, oh, okay. Oh no, we don't actually. No, we'll leave it. Oh no, can we? Can we make it now, ref? Can we make it? Oh, just, hang on a second. I've got the wrong shirt on, ref. One second. And I'm putting my base layers on. About two or three minutes to do that, and then you get five pissy minutes. The camera caught Pablo Hernandez turning to the referee and laughing, like fake laughing at him, holding up a hand and saying five minutes and doing a big fake laugh. Ha 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 ha. Five minutes. And it's, you know, Wolves could not have complained, although they would have, if it had been 10, 15 minutes of stoppage time. Uh, we should have, all the, what time was the goal? The goal was... Just after the hour, wasn't it, I think? 64 minutes. Right. We should have had, what, 90, 26 minutes <laughs> added on to that game because as soon as that goal was scored... <laughs> Mate, I'd stick to the Chelsea jokes if I were you. As soon as that <laughs> Don't goal do was maths. scored... We were. Um, isn't it like the game was stopped? Isn't it thirty seconds per substitute as well? Something like that, that they yeah. add on. They so never do it. So that was a few minutes without any time wasting. There should have been they three minutes stuck on. But. Ever do it? It's awful. and uh, we've not seen Bielsa's post-match comments, but he likes to talk about this. So I wonder if he will. What he says, you know, the game was only twenty minutes in the second half. That's the way he kind of talks about it, and he says it, it's the one thing he'll never criticise other managers for their style of play, but he does sometimes come out and talk about teams that shorten matches and say well if we were allowed to play 45 minutes of football in the second half we would win but mm. we were not Nuno has said that uh, he felt that they deserved the luck that they got well from he's the, wrong uh, from the goal um, interesting comments from Bielsa uh, the result was defined by the efficiency I prefer not to talk about uh, put the result down to luck sorry the players have to go above and beyond so luck isn't a factor Interesting um, from Bamford. Ever seen this? I have just seen it. <laughs> All right. Hey, well, it, it reads like he's breathed it. Uh, gutted for the lads tonight. Robbed of a point. Uh, and there's a funny face there. But at least it's... And he's doing that thing where you mix up the lower letters and the, the capital letters. Making a game better. And then he's put like a spyglass monocle, which I presume he owns a monocle. Um, he has to put that on every tweet. It's uh, contractual. <laughs> we go again Tuesday. Hashtag... MOT. So there you go. Uh, yeah, fine margins, wasn't it? Let's talk about quickly uh, before we wrap up the show. Some individual... Just to clarify, he's annoyed about his knee being offside, isn't he? Yes. Um, let's talk about the um, the players. Yeah, Pablo, you mentioned him there about the uh, commenting on the time wasting. How do you think he did? Nice to see him. I mean, it, the problem is when Pablo came on, that's basically when the game had stopped, hasn't it? As we've talked about, the flow of it had completely disappeared at that point, and he was trying to just get the winner ball in a corner of a pitch which they were trying desperately to keep there it was shit it wasn't really his um, his best moment I noticed one of the first things that happened was Wolves passed the ball down the side of him and he had to run after it and he's not that fast anymore and without Calvin there putting Pablo into the middle where it works having those two centre midfielders with Tyler Roberts in front when it's Shackleton and Click who will run up and down all day, they're like the old. Um, do you remember that Tommy football game where they're just on little sliders, the players go forward and back. They'll just do that all day and never, um, and never stop. Pablo is not going to bring that energy, and um, I noticed as well. And there's, I let the disappointment creep into my voice by accident. Then, but he got the ball in the penalty area at one point. He's not necessarily under pressure after we'd sniffed out one of their boring attacks. And you're thinking, right. Look for Rafinha. Use your vision. Get the ball forward, and he kind of laid it off backwards to Luke Ayling, and, so, and Luke Ayling then had to try and make something happen for that. And you think, Pablo, you've been brought on 
to use what you've got. You can't fucking run upfield, but you can pass the ball further and more accurately than probably anybody else on this team with the exception of Pascal Stroik. Mm, I, I disagree slightly. I think his decision-making was generally all right. That one annoyed. It was just kind of like, it. Oh, I don't know. That one particularly was... Um, <laughs> Just, what, whatever shit. It was just a little bit of a letdown. It's like when you're looking for him with minutes left to take the game by the scruff, the responsibility that he often showed in the. Are you the, saying you'll drive him to Castle on yourself? No, you and him. just saying like just giving it to Luke Ayling in that in that situation. Maybe there were things on the pitch. I mean, we we can only see the part of the pitch that the camera's on, so maybe his ultra radar made him realise that that was the best decision. But it was just kind of. I mean, he, he didn't win the game for us, did he? So he can go fuck. <laughs> Michael, you wanted to talk about Jack Jackie Harrison. He he was he was just Jack again, wasn't he? Today, that was championshipy. That was first season Jack. Today, it's not worked for him as it the last couple of games. He was taken off at halftime, and it was halftime, wasn't it, against Arsenal? Because yeah. he wasn't very good. Not very good again today. Don't know. Problem is, we've not we've not particularly got anyone else. Elder Costa. As I said, but again, would you drop him because you get the effort from him, even if you know he's got the old pillow feet. You get all the run, the running and the output from him, even if you don't get the end product. And you know we will have said this now, and he will go and have a blinder against Southampton on Tuesdays. He is in many ways undroppable. He's yeah, bit... I'm not suggesting we'll drop him on, even that he necessarily should be dropped. He just should be better. He'll be a bit tired. And this was, you know, form in the Premier League was always going to be a different thing. We've not had any consistency and in results all season and performances as well. And that's kind of well, you know, we're always the better team because we're Leeds United, but um, it's not like the championship where we're winning nine times out of ten. It's winning one game, losing the next, losing a couple, winning a couple. Yeah. and Bitty. And the physical challenges, Bielsa refers to it a lot about how what we have to do in the Premier League to win games is make the other team worse, and that that requires a lot more work than it did in the championship. We didn't have to do that in the championship because we were better than all the other teams, so all we had to do was be better. But the first thing we have to do when we go on the pitch is work really hard so that a team like Arsenal can't have the ball and can't be as good as they are with their £70 million footballers. And Wolves are still a really fucking expensive team, like the expensive team that they built mostly in the Championship with billions of pounds that they didn't deserve. And that's going to be more tiring than it was in the Championship, no matter how fit they are. And um, and we're playing a lot of games. It's winter. I'm making loads and loads of excuses for them <laughs> because they are my favourite football team. Um, but I think most of the problems will be down to just first season. Everybody's a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we broke Moscow's broken. I think the thing is, we've played Wolves twice now and we've played Everton twice. And across those four games, we've been fairly good in all of them, haven't we? We've kind of more or less matched them. And they are of the the level of team that we want to be well if we're if we're even vaguely at the same level as them this season you would say we're ahead of schedule wouldn't you yeah, really yeah all yeah. seventh two seasons in a row it's kind of Europa where we League it's where we finals. aspire to be isn't it in a in a year or two is everton and wolves and, so. and that's the that's the point is that despite any minor gripes you might have about things we didn't quite do right or anything that came up a little bit short tonight it's fine fundamentally it's fine so and we're still doing it without our well if you include calvin phillips in it probably our foremost valuable players the three were signed and Calvin Phillips. So it's fine, isn't it? It's just yeah. annoying. I was going to say, I mean, even Ian Perveda being injured means the options, we do only have Helder Costa or Alioski to give Jackie a break. Whereas earlier in the season, it was Harrison would play well mm. and then Perveda comes on and takes the last 20 minutes and we get that impetus. And so um, that's more of a, a loss than than is immediately apparent because he's not a, 
um, necessarily a starter every week. Um, yeah, and it is, I mean, tonight you are talking about Liam Cooper header at one end and then the ball going in off the back of our keeper's head at the other. And that's not really a judgment on a football team in any way. And if it had been nil-nil, fine. If it had been 1-1, fine. That's what's fucked us tonight. But it gets a little bit sometimes, and we are doing it right now, where because it's not an absolutely perfect performance, because Pablo Hernandez didn't come on and he wasn't 25 and he wasn't playing for Valencia, um, embarrassing Manchester United. It is, it's a disgrace and it's not good enough. Whereas it was fine. The performance was fine. Leeds were very good. Wolves got a lucky goal and then stopped the game with half an hour to go. And that's that. Well, just looking through Twitter, there seems to be a little bit more consternation. Um, on Twitter? <laughs> on Twitter. That, you do surprise me. No, the, about the offside and the VAR. So it'll be one we can uh, sort of have a look into. Oh, and then okay. when we get together at the start of uh, the next week. Uh, we I'm more can... or less just bored of talking about VAR. Yeah. I sort of see it and I go, fucking fine, do whatever you want. <laughs> it's like before, if they just if they had just given it as offside and we didn't have endless replays, whatever, don't matter. Dead quick then, any heroes and villains from tonight? Any early candidates for that one before we uh, award it properly in the other pod? It sounds maybe odd given he scored no goal, but Melier was good and there was definite pressure on him today, I think, after the Arsenal game. So everything he did was good. He was just incredibly unlucky. Rafinha also gets a hero, his... Um, Set-piece delivery is perfect. And I noticed this evening that he places the ball for corners right in the middle of the quadrant. He doesn't bother with all this, just putting it on the edge of the line to the a millimetre so it's barely touching. And then the referee has to come over and, and have a look and go, oh, you need to be able to bang it down in the middle of the quadrant, kick it in the penalty area really well. Perfect. He's really good at that, kicking it in the penalty area really well. And I like that he's doing it that way as well. Not all this, just, oh no, if I don't put it on the right blade of grass, I won't be able to kick it properly. It's like, put, put it on a pile of gravel, put it on the old pitch that we had against Brighton at Ellen Road, and he'll be absolutely fine. He does not give a fuck. <laughs> Any villains? Wolves. Right, okay. Referee. Fine. Yeah. Ev- everything that sort of gently conspired against us tonight, is that it? Yeah. It's quite aggressively conspiring against us. That fucking time-wasting was probably... I mean, you should, you're supposed to be sent off for ungentlemanly conduct, aren't you? <laughs> Show me a gentleman in that Wolves team. There isn't a single one. Zero Corinthian spirit. And then we've got like Bamford that. with his monocles on Twitter. It does make you think there is an argument for just having it with an in-play clock. It, if you don't want the game to be 90 minutes, just make it an hour and say, but it, the ball will be in play for an hour, so there's no point fucking about. And it would make it a lot more straightforward for everybody. The world should bend to our will. That's what we're saying. I did look this up, actually, just because of the amount of time wasting in uh, 2007, West Ham against Burnley, the ball was in play for 47 minutes. Jesus. <laughs> that was not considered to be particularly low. But well, that's, that's our homework for the weekend, then, is to, is to find out how long the ball actually was in play for this time. And we'll, uh, we'll report back next week, yeah? We'll do that. Right, thanks for listening to this one. We'll catch up with you in a bit. Bye-bye. The Match Ball. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.